So, so my celebration is um, I'm on uh, unsheath the sword. So, uh, <laughs> so, so usually, so when I get a sack, I I make sure that I pretend there's a sword. I'm holding a sword like in my mm-hmm. holster. So I'm doing that. Pull the sword out. Then I put it into the ground. Like, yeah, like kind of Excalibur. Okay. Hell All right. Yeah. So, like, yeah. like sort of like Baker Mayfield at Ohio State. Like, yeah, with kinda, the flag kinda, into kinda, the... But, but I did it before. I did it way before. Yeah. And, sword. And, and if you look closely enough, that sword's still in that life. Oh, is it really? Oh, that's yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's artificial yeah, surface yeah, there. Yeah, so, yeah. you got to really yeah. jam it in. So, somebody's got to pull it out. So. Right. All right. <laughs> All right. Next, next time I'm there, I might come find the right. area. Go find your sword. Yeah. Got it. All right. Cool. That's so awesome. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's another Minnesota Vikings podcast. It's episode 12 coming to you from TCO Performance Center in Egan. I'm your host, Mike Wabshall, with the Vikings Entertainment Network. We're in a good mood around here because the Minnesota Vikings, they won on Sunday. They beat the New York Giants 28-10 to move to 3-2. And And now they've got a date with another 3-2 team, the Philadelphia Eagles. That will happen at U.S. Bank Stadium. So we're going to talk about both of those games, the win over the Giants, the matchup with the Eagles, and we're going to do so in a variety of ways, and that's going to include with a guest. Today's guest will be Afadi Odenabo. He's going to join the show momentarily. Before we do that, though, let's break down some of what we saw in the New York Giants game and that win over the Giants, and we're going to bring in Chris Corso to help us do that. What's up, Chrissy? What's up, Wabi? It's uh, definitely a different feel in the building after a win, and it is a different feel for the quarterback who played the best game mm-hmm. of the season with 306 yards, two touchdowns, and no mistakes on the game. So um, definitely an exciting week, and let's get back on track. Dude, what's up with your voice? My voice is a little screwed up right now. Yeah, it's a little hoarse. (laughs) What happened? Yelling at the TV on Sunday? No, that wasn't it. What were you doing? I was at the Yankees-Twins playoff game three in Minnesota. The series finale on Monday night. I was, I was. You were in a good mood after that game, I I was screaming and yelling. Obviously, I still support my Yankees, so um, I apologize to all the Twins fans out there, but now it's time to focus all on the Vikings all right, for well, Minnesota yeah, we, fans. We don't so. want people to turn off the podcast because they're mad at you for cheering for the Yankees. So let's move on from that. Yeah, okay? let's, please, right. let's move on. Let's talk about straight Vikings. Let, let's talk about the New York team that you did not root for this weekend. And That's that was sure. the New York football Giants because your Minnesota Vikings were playing them. They beat the Giants 28-10. to Now, we talked a lot about Daniel Jones. Um, Who impressed you know, me, by the, the way. The, the rookie quarterback in the, in the lead-up to this game and can make all the throws, big physical guy, he can move. And he made a couple of plays with his feet. I think he ran He ran for at least one first down, maybe two. Um, but uh, for the most part, Vikings defense, which has been downright dominant so far this season, continued to be that way against the New York Giants. And there's a bunch of fancy stats and figures and numbers that we could throw out there. But, I mean, suffice it to say, um, the Vikings defense on point on Sunday. Yeah, that's for sure. They were, We have one of our guests who had one of the big sacks, and that's Afadi Odenabo, his first career sack. There were a bunch of uh, – Pressures on the quarter on the young yeah. quarterback by Daniil Hunter, Everson Griffin, Anthony Barr, 
Really impressed with the way Anthony Barr played a safety in the game, which was a big moment for the Vikings defense. And he also had an interception to kind of seal it at the end of the game. So great game for Anthony Barr. When he plays well, I say it all the time, this Vikings defense takes a huge leap from where they are. No doubt about it. He can help the defense go to the next level, and the man who can help the offense go to the next level is Dalvin Cook. He had over 200 scrimmage yards. That included 132 rushing yards. 86. 86 kiss, passing yep. yards. So he, was the, he became the first Vikings player in history to have 120 rushing yards and 80 receiving yards in the same game, which kind of surprised me that he was the first one to do that. That's an amazing that's, – that's a great stat. Yeah. I thought, you know – after what we saw the first three games, we loved what we saw from Dalvin Cook. Then in Chicago, the Bears' defense did a great job of you know minimizing what we were doing offensively. So I was very hopeful that we weren't going to try and overcompensate and throw the ball all over the place and forget about 33 in this game against the Giants. And we did not do that. We used Dalvin Cook a ton. He ended up with six catches and I think 21 rushes, so 27 touches for over 200 yards. He averaged nine yards a touch. He was the workhorse. Now, he did not get into the end zone. Uh, The Vikings scored two touchdowns, and both of them came from Adam Thielen, who also had a great game. I believe it was seven catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. So, um, you know, the Vikings, um, they, they did it on the ground. They did it in the air, and the trigger man was Kirk Cousins. And uh, Chrissy, I know you're, you're close with Kirk from working on Under Center with him and Mark Rosen. I'm sure Kirk was in a good mood, and I'm sure the, the podcast this week was good. I know B.C. Johnson was the guest, so all was well on the podcast this week, I would imagine, because Kirk played well, and the Vikings won. Yep, that's for sure. One thing he noted was the offense and how multiple they were this week. He really loved the play action and how that opened things up for him. One thing he also noted were the screen passes, and we saw that getting Dalvin Cook out in space, even when you're not handing the ball off to him. And he said, Vikings fans, don't be uh, shocked if you see number 33 score a touchdown. If you see number 25 score a touchdown. If you see number 81, Ola B.C. Johnson with a big catch. And he went through all the numbers. And when you look at the stats, I think he did as good of a job spreading the ball around to all of his targets. Um, Maybe just Kyle Rudolph could have been a little bit more involved in the offense. But other than that, I mean, you see all these names on – on the box score, and he he got everyone involved, so that yeah. was good to see. That was good to see. So all in all, it was a, it was a very good complimentary all around win for the Vikings. It was convincing. It was on the road. It was twenty eight to ten. All three phases played well. Dan Bailey four for four on field goals, made both of his extra points, had a bunch of a touchbacks, one punt for fifty seven yards for Cole Quit, did a good job holding. So um, very well rounded, convincing win and performance for the Minnesota Vikings. Before we move on to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, let's go to our guest. It's Afadi Adenabo, who had the first sack of his career against the New York Giants. We enjoyed our conversation with him. Take a listen. All right, Afadi, you got a sack, man. Congrats. Appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, I know there's more that goes into the game than for defensive linemen than getting quarterback sacks, but that's the thing that shows up in the box score. That's, that's very true. And you all celebrate him when you get him. So exactly. I, don't, I don't feel bad about bringing it up. You it got your first one in the regular season. Congrats. So How did awesome. it feel? Uh, it felt great. Um, so um, so every play I go in, I'm expecting to get a sack. And um, this one finally panned out. Um, especially this is my first year on the active roster. So I was like, all right, baby. I did the hard <laughs> part. I made yeah. the active roster. Yeah. Now let me get that sack. So. I had a couple. I was pretty close in in a Green Bay game, so 
what we did in that Giants game was we had a five-man front, and um, usually when, when you have a five-man front, the, the tackle, the center, the guard all have to count for one person because mm-hmm. we had an Anthony Barr on the on the edge. So centers rarely have one-on-one. They, they, they're usually helping people. Mm-hmm. So I liked my chances. So um, when, the ball, when the ball was snapped, I was like, all right, the center's usually going against bigger guys like Limbo or Shamar. I'm a quicker speed guy, so let me just use my speed and – it ended up working out well, and I ended up getting my first sack. So, you know, you're listed as a DN, and that's yeah. your primary position, but the way you're explaining it, and as we saw, you got that sack lined up in the middle of the yeah. defensive line. So, And we've seen the team do that with other DNs. I mean, yeah. Weatherly will go inside, and I think there were times when they did that with uh, with D. Yeah. They slid him inside. What? How do you feel about being inside there? Do you like it occasionally? Do you like it all the time? So what's kind of nice about playing inside is that nobody expects you to get a sack. So yeah. everyone's like, oh, the edge rusher. So it's like oh, yeah. all the stress is on them. Yeah. But then when you're when you're inside rushing, you sneak a snack. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's why we put you there. And there was one edge rusher on your own team who you were like, you're like, this is my sack, yeah, not yeah, yours. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, so uh, so when I got that sack, I was like, oh, I got in. Then I saw Daniil for, for my peripheral. I was like, no, yeah. no, I can't split this sack, Daniil. So I remember, I remember, I remember uh, trying to turn the – Turn Daniel Jones to my side yeah. and make sure I celebrate <laughs> immediately to let yeah. everyone know. So yeah, because you don't want like your first career sack. You don't want it to be a half sack. Because then it's like I don't have a, a yeah. sack. Yeah. I have a half of one. They're like, hey, congrats to Fadi on the on that on the half. You sacked yeah. half the man. Yeah, and then and then <laughs> you know then we're in the friends and family area after the game and you got to explain it to your friends like, and family. Congrats on your sack. It was actually right. half. Yeah, yeah, sack. Uh, yeah. So we're glad that it turned out that way. Exactly. Now for the games. You know, I'm in the radio booth, so I'm trying to figure out how many yard loss was that sack. So yeah. I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at the replay. Did you celebrate? I didn't see if you celebrated. Oh, oh yeah, I have a celebration. So okay. all right, so let me let me tell Ta- you. The take origin. us through yeah. that. Take us through. So so my celebration is um, uh, I'm on uh, unsheathe the sword. So uh, <laughs> so so usually so when I get a sack, I I make sure like I pretend there's a sword. I'm holding a sword like in my mm-hmm. holster, right? Like <laughs> we'll go with holster. Yeah. 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 So well, I, well, isn't it a sheath? Sheath, sheath, yeah. There you so, go. Right. So, so I'm doing that. Pull the sword out. Yeah. Then I put it into the ground. Like, yeah, like kind of Excalibur. Okay. Hell All right. Yeah. So, like, yeah. like sort of like Baker Mayfield at Ohio State, like yeah, with kinda, the flag kinda, into kinda, the. Kinda, but, but I did it before. I did it way before. Okay, you it's did his, it before Baker. Big, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, because he might have trademarked for me. That, well, that o- I mean, the Oklahoma quarterback going to the going to midfield at Ohio State and putting yeah. the flag in the ground. Yeah, yeah. that's a big deal yeah, now. Uh, yep. Yeah, but you're saying you did that before he did. So, so, right. so, so I've been pulling this sword out since 2014. So, so you were doing it just outside of Chicago. Chicago yeah, and Northwestern. Yeah, exactly. So, I was okay. doing, so, but the difference is in college, you can't really um, excessive celebrate like that because they'll, they'll flag oh, you. Oh yeah, they will. Yeah, so. And Coach Fitzgerald will oh, yeah, like that, he, right? He, he don't allow that. So, so what <laughs> I, so the variation I had at Northwestern, I'd pull the sword out, stick it up in the air, and that's all. So you know what I mean. So people like people got it. Okay. But then I told myself, I got my friends like, hey man, what are you gonna do when you get to the NFL? I'm putting that baby into the ground, yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna let everyone know what's up. That's yeah. awesome. So, so, so that whole time I was like, all right. After college, I was like, I need, to, I need to get yeah. to the NFL, and I need to pull this sword out and so, put it into the ground, so, so I can put this sword in the ground. And, you're you're and, taking that extra step uh, and, with the sword. And, and, and if you look closely enough, that sword's still in MetLife. Oh, is it really? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's artificial <laughs> surface there, so you got to really yeah, jam it in. So somebody's got to pull it out. So. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> all right. Next, next time I'm there, I might. 
come find right. your sword. Go, go find your sword. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right, cool. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so when you're in the meeting room after that, after this game, well, first of all, you guys played great, so yeah. I'm sure um, Andre Patterson and Robert Rodriguez were probably exactly. in a good mood. But, like, a sack is just one play. Yep. So now, like, when, when you guys get to the play where you got the sack, what what happens? Like, are they giving you credit? Is it hey, way to go, man? Yeah, Slap so, on the back, or so, what is it? So we didn't meet. We didn't meet this week because of just Victory Monday. Oh yeah, Zim gave you the day yeah, off. He yeah, gave us the day off. So, but um, but usually in that case, situation, everyone was was that would dab you up. Like after okay. the, after the game, everyone's like, hey man. Fadi, congrats on that first sack. Yeah. I remember my first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's like everyone's reminiscing. I remember. My Everyone first. remembers their first. I remember my first. Like, <laughs> hey now, hey guys, I can now see. I remember my first. But but I know I know what Dre also will do. I bet I bet what Dre will do from time to time, and maybe you've seen it with other guys. Is like it's the slap on the back by other people to the guy who got the sack. Yeah. But Dre's pointing out, hey. The reason that happened is because yeah, Linval did that exactly. And and, and and like going back with it, so. Start off with what Coach Zim, the play Coach Zim called. Well, hold on, don't get us in trouble now with Zim. We don't want to give plays away. Uh, okay, so, uh, <laughs> so 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 at the end of the day, like he saw he saw that all right, a five man front, which we've yeah. been doing a lot of times. Let's create a mismatch where mm-hmm. each offense lineman has a block a guy one on one, and then let's put me at nose in. I yep. can use my speed. Yep. So and, and ended up just working out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So. And and so now that's something that's on tape. Yeah. So now now what you can do is come up with something off yeah, of that. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So yeah. Ex- exactly. So just uh, just for for a center, the center's always at a disadvantage yeah. by snapping the ball. So like so like team teams can try whatever they want. The only thing they could do really is have the center try to help me help him when I come off the ball. Have the running back come. Yeah. And try to chip me in. If the running back's doing that, then that leaves a linebacker for you. You know, I've seen offenses do that when teams put a defender or two in the A gap, like yeah, yeah. like Barr and Kendrick's mugging the A gap, exactly. or you. I'll yeah. see them put a running back like right behind yeah. the guard. And, and, and smart. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, because just because because uh, the blitzes from an offensive standpoint, there's a lot coming at you. So, and they know that we like getting pressure in the yeah. middle. So, teams like to do that. How has our run defense been this year? Running defense has been great, and I think one of the best additions for that is having guys like Shamar. Yeah, like so Shamar. So Coach Dre really harped on this year's like having Shamar is having guys like Shamar is yeah. great. Stuffs to run. He stuffs to run, man. Yeah. Like like Coach Dre always hits around. You don't always see his stats, but man, that that dude that dude's a technician. And if you really talk to him, you can really analyze his brain. You, you, there's a reason why it's not a coincidence. So yeah. having guys like Shamar, and then also just I think. What uh, Zim's uh, done to the defense this year? He's added a, n- a new, s- some some new things. With Zim's the, always adding new yeah. stuff. Exactly. So, always so, new wrinkles. So so and um and so and started from OTA. So it's it's really cool seeing that. Yeah. Being applied this year. Let's get into your story a little bit. So you did not start playing football until you were in like high school, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> in so, Ohio. Yeah. So so it's a pretty classic like Nigerian story. Um, Every every night during me too is like yeah man same year man my parents didn't understand football. Old B C Johnson had a pretty similar story yeah, exactly. when he was in here. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and um Olisa, yeah. uh, Oli I actually grew up with him. Oli Udo. Yeah, Oli Udo. Oli Udo. You did? Actually, yeah, we we grew up together. Wow. People don't know about that actually. No, yeah. they don't. Yeah. But they do now. <laughs> yes. They do now. <laughs> so so Oli uh, so Oli and I have known each other since grade school, like elementary wow. school. That's awesome. because so, because one thing about like like when you're growing up and, and like when you're like the Nigerian culture, Nigerian yep. community, parents like to go out and meet other Nigerians. So there's yeah. a lot of bunch of uh, Nigerian events that happen in my area. Yeah. So we end up meeting Olisa and his family. He has an older brother, younger sister, met, know the whole family. And um, 
So we grew up together. That's just before we even knew what football was. We were just kids. Then um, Ole ended up going to Nigeria, then moved to North Carolina. Then I started playing football then. I get drafted here, and I see Elisa, like, I see Ole playing, uh, like, getting a invite to the combine. I'm like, hey, man, good, good job. I, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, we're friends on Facebook, so I even, like, respond to him. Hey, man, I'll see you in the NFL soon. Yeah. Then and then he shows up here. Like, he's drafted him six rounds. I'm like, oh, my Oli, it's been it's been a decade, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're a little bigger. Hey, Fly, you're a lot bigger, actually. So. <laughs> and now good. now he's a, a yeah. tackle for, exactly. for the so, Vikings. So, so we, we so, drafted him late in the yeah, draft. So it, it's definitely it's definitely great. So guys like uh, so with a lot of Nigerians, parents don't really understand football. A common a classic story. My parent, my mom was a doctor, dad's an engineer, and they're like, hey, we came to this country for education for you to work hard. Not for you to play sports. I don't understand the sports. <laughs> oh my god! So you should be a doctor yeah. like your mom, and everything will be great. Yeah. I got older, got bigger. All my peers were like, "Hey, Fadi, you're big black Nigerian. Like, come on, man. Hey, we <laughs> we want you to play football." I had to beg my mom, dad. So I had to get a 3.5 GPA my <laughs> freshman year to, fo- to play football, and that's awesome. The man. rest was history. Yeah, that's pretty. And cool. And you did it at Northwestern, which is a pretty good school. Yeah, as yeah. Well. So, so, so. So when I got that Northwestern offer, uh, and my parents were pretty much saying, hey, you, need, you, should, you should go here. I had Ohio State and Notre Dame and all that, but um, Northwestern made the most sense. Um, so my parents were pretty happy. Like, oh, my son, he's playing football and going to prestigious school. Oh, yeah. This was all the plan. Oh. So, yeah. so, so, so they're pretty happy right now. That's, that's, that's awesome, know. man. And now you're, you can say you got your first sack I got in my the first NFL sack and, and I have many more to come. So, Well, can you get your folks to games ever? Do, do you ever convince them to come watch? Oh, yeah. So, okay, good. Yeah, so my dad, uh, he works in Philly. So he was able to come to that, see my first sack, actually, with my uh, godfather. And my godfather, father, that was his first NFL game, his first time watching me play. So after awesome. he was like, "Oh, Fadia, yeah. <laughs> I was had a great time. Our yeah. seats were great. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I got to come to every game now." I'm like, oh, "All right, <laughs> Uncle, yeah. I got you." Yeah, yeah, see you back in Minnesota. Yeah, now, exactly. Yeah. That's so awesome that you got to do it in front of your family. Yes. Did that have an impact on the way you played? Were yeah, you like more uh, excited? No, nah, just uh, just playing an NFL, uh, NFL game. You have like a lot riding on, and, and yeah. especially with me, since like this is my first year on the actual roster, so. I Everyone's like trying to make sure, hey, Fadi, make sure you know what you're doing. I was like, Coach, I got this. I got this. Yeah. I got this. Come on now. So, <laughs> yeah. so, all right. so, so it's all about having the trust now. Let's My- talk about that. I mean, you, you were cut by the Vikings, and then you make the practice squad. Then you go to the Cleveland Browns yep. last year, and then you find your way back here, and then you make the active roster in training camp this yeah, year. Yeah, so it was a cool story. And um, I think, um, like, everyone, so one thing about the NFL, everyone has their own, like, Tribulations, okay. like you know, everyone has their own path of making it to the roster if you're drafted, mm-hmm. high round, undrafted. So, I think um, when I went to Arizona and I went to Cleveland, I had like you know, you know how they always tell you like this grass is always greener on the other side. That's yep, not that's always it. the case. Yeah, that's not always right the case. here, right? right? Yeah. So, and um, I didn't realize like how how nice I had it here, just from um, top to bottom, from how the front office runs it, how the coaches run it, and how like. Someone like Coach Patterson talks to each player like the same. You know what yeah. I mean? Obviously, you guys have you have Pro Bowl caliber players in that uh, on that D line, but also you have young guys, and he talks to everyone the same. There's mm-hmm. no favorites, so that's one thing. Like that, those are things that you don't know, like like that you, you take went to for Arizona granted. too. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, Cleveland so, and Arizona were the two teams. So I really got to see two other organizations, and um, unfortunately, I ended up getting cut from both those teams. But last year, when I had a chance to be on practice squad, I had other offers and I'm like, eh, 
I got, I got to, I got to make this roster, man. Like that's gonna be. I know, I knew it with my uh, football career. I was like, that's gonna be one of my biggest regrets. Like not suiting up, being on the Vikings, mm-hmm. wearing a Vikings uniform. So I'm really happy awesome. that actually happened. Did you um, have you dove into the Eagles at all yet? Have not. So what I'll probably do today. So just been uh, just getting done with the Giants game. So probably around I, my routine is just around four or five. I'll start watching film mm-hmm. and start start seeing their tendencies because I because now that I'm rushing inside, I have to know what the guard is doing, what the center is doing, what the tackle, mm-hmm. what the tackle's doing. So I'm kind of right now they're kind of putting me at that utility spot. So cool. So I think know. I think our building's going to be jacked up on yeah. Sunday. Do you have oh, a yeah, man. revenge factor yeah. from it, 2017. Yeah, yeah, man. You're around here. Yeah, man. dude. It's just because uh, after the Minneapolis miracle, we were all expecting we were the chosen team, but we ended we ended up losing a hard fought game with the Eagles. So so everyone kind of has that nasty taste in the mouth, but but most importantly, we try to do one day at a time. So most importantly, we got this big win against the Giants. So now just take care of the Eagles and. Just uh, don't make – just focus on one game at a time. Yeah. Get that second sack. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, and once you get one, like – Start you, racking you, them start up. Start racking mm-hmm. up, baby. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, exactly. That's the plan. All right, man. Well, go get some breakfast. Yep. Get ready for the Eagles. And yeah. uh, we appreciate well, your time. Awesome, baby. All right. All right, Chrissy, let's talk about these Philadelphia Eagles. They are also 3-2. and two. They are also coming off a victory over the New York Jets. Your Jets buddy's not happy with what they saw last week. Thirty-one <laughs> to six—that's for sure. Thirty-one to six loss to the Philadelphia Eagles for those New York Jets. And look, I, I watched some of the the highlights and I watched some of that game back, and I felt the Jets' pain, like being on the road and just not playing well, giving up a bunch of sacks, defense scoring touchdowns. What an awful day that must have been for for the Jets, especially at that stadium, which we all know, Lincoln Financial Field. We hate it there. Yeah. Those Philly fans are loud. We know what they did in the big game in 2017, the NFC Championship. And gosh, I want to just avenge that Vikings fans. Let's get loud. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say let's get mean, but they're mean. No, so we're not mean. We're not mean. We're, we're just gonna beat them. That's we're just what we're gonna, gonna do. Beat them on yeah, the scoreboard. We're gonna beat them yeah. on the scoreboard. I know yeah. it's gonna happen. That's, so that's let's good do enough it. for me. We just want to win the game. Thirty-one to six. The we're not Eagles. Mean. The Eagles beat the Jets. <laughs> they scored two defensive touchdowns in that game. Uh, they had ten sacks, nine on Luke Falk, one on the other quarterback. The Jets threw in there. I forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the, the the last play of the game was a sack. I mean, the, the Eagles' defense was all the Eagles had three sacks going into that game. Now and then they had ten in one game. So um, that was a, a very good performance by the Eagles' defense. Um, so I'm looking forward to this game very much. I think it's going to be a physical game. I think it's going to be fast. I think the energy in the building is going to be outstanding because of sort of the. The even though we're not division opponents, there's some sort of a rivalry there with the Eagles right now. So yep. I think it's going to be a super super cool atmosphere. And um, the Eagles, I don't, you know, they got some injuries. I don't know if Deshaun Jackson is going to be back now. Alshon Jeffrey was missing. He played last week. I think he'll play this week. Zach Ertz got his first touchdown of the season last week. Wow. Dallas Goddard, the other tight end, is starting to starting to play well. This Eagles offensive line is no joke. All five starters were on the team that won the Super Bowl. Jason Peters is an all-pro. Lane Johnson is an all-pro. Jason Kelsey is an all-pro. Uh, really good um, players up front for the Philadelphia Eagles on their offensive line. And you know who they have? They have a Vikings nemesis on their roster uh, on offense. Who's that? Jordan Howard. Yeah, he Jordan is. Howard has three 100-yard games against Mike Zimmer defenses. He is the Eagles running back. I think he's going to be their bell cow 
going forward. They have a young kid who they like, Miles Sanders, but Howard's more of the bell cow. Um, so it's it's good if we can if we can face this team without Deshaun Jackson. That's good, but they, they have plenty of other weapons on offense. Uh, defensively, Fletcher Cox obviously really good. Brandon Graham really good. Um, some of the other guys up front are also good, but those are the two guys who are who are uh, outstanding. And then they have Malcolm Jenkins, who is a safety, but is a, he's he's an in, in the box player at times too. Yep, thirty one years old, but can still play at a high level. Lots of injuries at corner, but they're going to get some of those guys back, including Sidney Jones, who didn't play last week, but I think he'll play this week. Pulled his hamstring in Green Bay. So it's all sort of um, – it's not all coming together for the Eagles because they still have some injuries and they're banged up, but they're starting to get guys back. And uh, they're going to want them back for this game. The Eagles have a tough stretch coming up. Have you looked at their schedule? I have not. All right, so here's what the Eagles got. The Eagles, they just beat the Jets, so we're happy for them for doing that at home. But now three straight on the road at Minnesota – at Dallas, at Buffalo. Then three straight at home, but it's the Bears, the Patriots, and the Seahawks. Oh, my gosh. So this this is a tough run they're, for the Philadelphia Eagles They're coming, coming up in here, here pretty excited they to are. try to grab and, one. And you know what their rallying cry is going to be. They're going to be like, this place feels like home. We want a Super Bowl in this building. We win here. That's what they're going to say. Right? There weren't so, Vikings fans there yeah. that day. Though. No, there weren't. There are not there, many. There will be on Sunday. <laughs> so that's kind of what I think about when I, when I look at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, your stream your consciousness a little bit. What do you think of when you think about the Eagles? The guy that comes to mind is Fletcher Cox. I mean, a lot of the games that we win this year, the interior offensive linemen are able to control what is going on in the middle of that defensive line, and this is a guy that you're going to want to keep an eye on if you're a Vikings fan because we need to stop him. And we need to watch out for for Graham as well, who rushes on the outside. He's more of a shorter defensive end, but he he's a quick guy, and he's one that killed us in that NFC Championship game. So yeah. um, the Vikings offensive line is what I will be watching as the X factor in this game. Also, Malcolm Jenkins, please just can you slow down a little bit? You're like 31 now. Man, he's good. Now. Stop moving all over the field. Um, he's definitely comparable to Har- Harrison Smith. Um, as a safety who can pretty much play anywhere um, on the field. He can be a freaking linebacker if he wanted to be. Yep. Um, so the, that Eagles defense is what I think is going to be what you're going to want to watch because I think the defense for us will play well against Carson Wentz because when they come to U.S. Bank Stadium, offenses really don't get going um, right away. So um, – Let's beat that defense. Let's let's see a big game from the offensive line, and let's get, let's establish the run. Mm-hmm. That's that w- what I want to do. That would be nice. Um, I'm excited for the game. I think it's two teams who are coming off of wins and feel like they're in good form right now. And um, you know, you, you're at two and two, and you, you get a big win to get above 500, and think you got things back on track. What you want to do is win that win that next game and start stacking them up on top of each other. And I know the Eagles are looking at that schedule. You know, and they're they're going like we got we got we got these games coming up, um, you know, at Dallas, at Buffalo, against the Bears and Patriots. Let's get this one against the Vikings. Let's stack these wins up. So it's going to be an awesome atmosphere on Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Get into the building if you can. Uh, you'll enjoy yourself, and hopefully, it'll be a big Vikings victory. All right, let's get to today's top five. And for today's top five, Chrissy, um, we got we got a different spin on it. We're going to get quizzed. All right. Love it. You ready for this? We're going to bring in Minnesota Vikings podcast producer, Jay Nelson. Welcome to the show, Jay. Hello, hello, hello. All right, top five time, man. What do you got? (laughs) All right, so I was looking at some trends, and I always try to find some interesting stuff in the league, and one of the things we always tend to hear from uh, 
coaches and different people around the league is you can find statistical trends that tend to tell a tale. So here's what I found. I want you guys to figure out what five teams have the biggest spreads as far as the amount of points that they've either scored or had points scored on them. There's five teams that I pulled. Here's how this goes. Ready? <laughs> there are two teams that have the positive differential, okay? One team has outscored their opponents by 121 points yeah. this season. There's another team that has outscored their opponents by 70 points this season, okay? Yeah. yeah. So those are the high-end outscoring yep. their people. Yep. There are three teams currently who have been outscored by 62, 78, and 137 points yeah. in five weeks. Yeah, right. So who are these five teams? Got it. So – what team has outscored their opponent by 121 I, I points? I know who that is, I think. New England. That's who I would guess. New that England. is correct. Yeah, New England. So New England has the highest. They're 5-0. and yep. They've got 121 points that they've outscored their opponents All by. Right. 155 to right. 34. So we got the lowest hanging fruit. I got, I got the next lowest hanging fruit. I know who, I know who the, the uh, other direction is. Who's the other direction? Okay, it's so, the Dolphins. So who is minus 137? The Dolphins. I would say the Dolphins. Okay. Miami has scored a grand total of 26 <laughs> points this year. Wow. <laughs> and has given up 163 points Got in it. five weeks. So the Vikings scored more points last week than the Dolphins did all season. In five weeks. Yeah. That is correct. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay, so now you got the two ends of the extremes. Yep. Now we get a little bit a little bit tougher. I, I'm, I'm okay. Yep. So let's go to minus 78. Who has been outscored by 78 points? New York Jets. Jets. No. Ooh. Hold on. Okay. Um, Minus 78. They've scored 73 points and given up 151 points. This team, this unnamed team so yes. far? So they're at minus 78. Well, how about the Falcons? Wow, that's a, that's a good... Falcons just gave up 53 to Houston. No. Ah. You're wow. on the right track. It's an NFC team. Not, the, not that same conference, though. It is an NFC team. Who is currently at okay. minus seventy eight? Well, I I'll would give eat. you one more guess. Yeah. Well, you, the Redskins. Oh, that's a good one. The Redskins, it is. Yeah, right, so they'd be fourth here. Okay, yep. yep. So they good scored seventy three, and they've given up one fifty one. All right, this next team has scored thirty nine points and given up a hundred and one, so they're a minus sixty two. Hmm. Do we name them already? Yes, Jets. <laughs> Jets. The Jets. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the Jets have scored thirty nine, given up one hundred one. Okay. All right, so now the fifth team. This team is a plus 70. Okay. Very, very Kansas good. City. Very, so no, no, no. 127 points scored, 57 points given up. They're a plus 70 at this point. It's not Kansas City, right? He said Casey. Not Kansas City. It's not City. them. No. Get out of here. <laughs> you got two more guesses, and then I'll give you a hint. That's not – okay, hold on. Uh, I'll let you guess now. They're, they're plus what? Plus 70. Plus 70. Ooh. 127 to 57. Do you want a hint? Conference? Do you want a conference? Sure. NFC. Not New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa, Rams, Not Green Bay, is it? Well, is that your guess? I don't know. Is that guess number two? Yeah. No, not Green Bay. Okay. One more guess. Plus set. 127 scored, 57 given. Us. Us, Minnesota. No. Mother. San Francisco 49ers. Oh, yeah. I forgot about them. So They right, were on a bye last week. Yeah. and So that's the thing. Think about it. They've scored 127 in four games and given up 57 in four games. Like That's still 
pretty bananas that they're scoring essentially almost 32 points a game. Yeah. What right. are we? So the Minnesota Vikings, as far as plus minus, yeah. have the fourth best in the yeah. entire league, and the Vikings are plus 39. Okay. So two other anomalies. Ready? There's a four and one team that has a negative one differential. There's what? A, a, a four, four and, and one, one team yeah. that currently has a negative one differential. In scoring, they've given up 116 points and scored 115, and they are four and one. What team is this? So they just got absolutely crushed in their one loss, but they've won four games. They've won four games, lost one, and they have a negative one differential. So how did Green? How did Green Bay lose their game? Who'd they lose to? They lost uh, two weeks ago. They lost to Philadelphia, so it wasn't them. Because it was a close game. They're four and one this team. But they got said. they got smoked. Uh, NFC team. Dallas? No. No, they didn't get smoked. It's a team that yeah. just lost one. They've lost one game and they got they got train wrecked in that game. And every other game has been Seattle. Close. No. Wabi last guess. LA Rams. <laughs> I don't know who's four and one. That's my problem. And if I knew, I'd be able to guess it. But um, Philly. The New Orleans Saints. Oh, what was their loss? Lost to the Rams by 18. Hmm. So if you think about it, they've won four games by a grand total of 17 points, and they lost by 18. Interesting. To the Rams. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I love that. That, now, that was yeah. fun. One last one. Yeah. There is a two and three team. Yeah. That Who's? has a plus twenty-two. Yeah, they're amazingly plus. Okay, but they're but they're only two and three. So they've scored 98 points. And given up seventy six, and they're two and three, AFC South. They, team. They've scored how many points? Houston. Nine, oh, Houston. Ninety eight yeah. points. Houston. And given up seventy six. Houston. No. But Tennessee Titans. Oh, really? The the Titans do have a really good defense. We know that. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy that if you think about you know when you talk about having to run up the score, winning close games, and that kind of thing, you literally have teams that have a minus differential that are four and one, and that means they're winning super close games. Or you have a team that's two and three, and they're plus twenty-two. Interesting. So love it. All right, yeah, there's your top five. Love it, Jay. Good job. Love the top five. The top five is a good, a good. The top, the top yeah. five is fun. Top five <laughs> is fun. We'll have another topic for y'all next week. For now, though, let's get to the fan voicemails. The question or topic last week was fan base that because of the way they are and their identity. It makes you relish beating that team even more. That was the topic. I think I know who these fans yeah. are going to reference. I'm guessing we're going to have some Packers and some Eagles. That, that's my guess. We'll see if we're surprised. Here's number one. Hi, guys. This is Rachel from Cincinnati, Ohio. I would love to say my answer to your question this week is that I love to beat Packer fans the most, especially since they seem to be everywhere, including the high school I teach at in Ohio. <laughs> But as far as obnoxious fans go, they really aren't that bad. They didn't even rub in our loss the other week. So I am 100% going with Eagles fans as the group I love to beat. My sister-in-law and her family are Eagles fans, and I love them. But one of them texted my mother one minute after our loss in the NFC Championship to rub it in. Yeah. That tells me a lot. Plus, if your fans are proud of the fact that they used to have a jail cell under their stadium for those unruly fans, that tells me a lot. In general, all I hear is negative when it comes to Philly fan experiences, so they are definitely my vote. I love to see the Eagles lose, especially when it's the Vikings handing that loss to them. Skull Vikes and Boo Eagles. 
Yeah, that was a good call. I really like that Thank you, Rachel. Rachel. Uh, Agreed. Not surprised we heard a Philadelphia um, answer, but I like the example she cited. Very well thought out call. Appreciate the voicemail, Rachel. All right, number two. Hey, Wobby and Chris. It's Mitch calling from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Philly. Philly, Philly, Philly. The answer to your question this week is Philly. Shut down the voicemail. It's Philly. I mean, (laughs) who throws batteries or snowballs at Santa Claus? Come on, man. We've all heard the stories about how our fans were treated at the uh, 2018th NFC Championship game. And I hate to paint a whole fan base with the same brush, but history speaks for itself across all their sports franchises. Uh, With that said, our game against the Eagles is going to be tough. Uh, Let's not stoop to their level. Let's win that game. Be kind. Be humble. And that victory will taste that much better. See you next week. These these are really good voicemails. I love it. Mitch brings up the batteries and the snowballs, the snowballs at Santa and throwing batteries at people. Rachel did a great job bringing up the prison cell in the basement of the stadium. (laughs) That's a good point, too, in the NFC title game. So very strong cases for loving and cherishing beating the Eagles. Number three. Hey, guys. My name's Kyle. I'm calling from uh, Harvey's Lake, Pennsylvania, about two hours north of Philadelphia, so you can guess which fan base I enjoy beating the most. Um, always been a fan of beating the Eagles, living around here, but even more so uh, after the 2017 NFC Championship, obviously. Uh, not only did the Vikings take a beating, but I took quite a beating as far as being harassed by all the local fans and friends that I have. Looking forward to this game so much so that I actually am coming out to it this weekend. First time in Minnesota and uh, first time I'll be seeing the Vikings play nice. at home. Um, so looking forward to that. I'm actually coming with a good friend of mine who's an Eagles fan, so... I'm hoping we can uh, continue our friendship after the game. I think if we can have good protection for Kirk, um, I think we'll be in good shape. But it's been kind of a uh, roller coaster of a season so far, so hard to say what, what's going to happen. But appreciate it, and uh, school bike. This is a landslide, Chris. This is, I no. mean, no one is steering away from this week's opponent, and I love it. Yep. Um, now, we, we kind of started this because New York fans like yourself are so obnoxious <laughs> at the Twins games cheering for, you know, for a sweep, you know, and, but no one's saying New York. Uh, it's all been Philly so far. We got any more? We have one more. All right, let's do it. Come on. Hey, Wabi, Chris, what's going on? This is Brendan from uh, Chris's own Long Island, New York. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Give me a different answer. Chris. Uh, actually, I'm on my way to the game right now. I'll be sitting along mm-hmm. with my best friend who's a huge Giants fan. And uh, that got me thinking about this week's uh, voicemail topic. And to me, this is a no-brainer. So in 2001, my senior year of high school, we assumed uh, going to see the Vikings take on the Eagles in the old Veterans Stadium wouldn't be any different uh, than any of those other games we saw. But, uh, boy, were we wrong. I know the uh, Eagles have a reputation for having some nasty fans, and they held up that reputation. I was uh, all excited for the game. My dad and I decked out in purple. I was rocking a brand-new Culpepper jersey feeling good uh, but when we got there and we found our seats there was no purple to be seen we were surrounded by a sea of green and as we sat down i felt everyone's eyes staring at us and it didn't help that the vikes did not show up that day they they lost 48 17 and the fans were just constantly yelling deuce for uh deuce staley who ran for 146 yards with a touchdown and he also had 85 receiving yards and to cap off a terrible day I remember hitting the bathrooms on the way out, uh, waiting shoulder to shoulder uh, among uh, Eagles fans. For And I remember uh, when I finally got my turn to go, I was standing there with my back turned to all these Eagles fans, and this one drunk jerk was yelling, uh, 
Hurry it up, Culpepper. What's the matter, Culpepper? And then at least three to four people decided to throw their beer bottles at me while my back was turned trying to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And I vowed never to go back. So, uh, of course, I'm hoping we destroy them next weekend when they come to to our stadium. And uh, hopefully we get a W in New York today. I like our chances. Skull Vikes. I all first right. of all love that he's from Long Island, and I love that he's a Vikings fan from Long Island. Yeah, that's the best. And I hear the accent there, so I love that too. All righty. Uh, but I, we don't like Lincoln Financial. Ugh, I hate that stadium well, so much. They're coming to our building. I, like I said, they're going to come in here and be like, this is where we win. We want a Super Bowl here. This place feels like home, so we got to make sure they know it's not their home. It's our house. Hopefully that'll happen. All right. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week with another voicemail topic. All right. So the question for next week. There are currently 18 teams with a record above 500 through five weeks. 11 in the NFC, 11 teams are above 500. That means five in the NFC are not above 500. So, which team has the biggest chance of being a wild card team or a division winner, but of getting into the playoffs and could make a run in the playoffs? Of the teams who are sub 500 right now in the NFC, there are five of them. Who's got the best shot? to turn it around and make a run. Those five teams, so you guys don't have to look it up, those five teams are the Giants, the Bucks, Arizona, Atlanta, and Washington. Those are the five teams with a sub-500 record. Which of those five teams has the best shot to turn it around, get into the playoffs, and make some noise? The number, 952-918-8438. Our thanks to the voicemailers for this week for calling in and leaving us messages. We appreciate it, and we encourage you to call in to be included in next week's topic. All right. Anything else to do? That's it. Okay. Let's beat the Eagles. Let's let's beat the Eagles. Let's get to 4-2 and two and see what happens next week as uh, the Vikings will hit the road after, uh, after hopefully beating the Philadelphia Eagles. They'll hit the road and go and play the nemesis of Chris Corso. The Detroit, the Detroit Lions. Lions. I hate them. Yeah, we'll worry about them next week. This week we got to worry about the Eagles. Kickoff, noon central time at U.S. Bank Stadium. Vikings and Eagles catch the game on the Vikings Radio Network. The pregame show with Must begins at 10, goes all the way up to kickoff, where voice of the Vikings Paul Allen and Pete Bursich will call the game from the Vox Box at U.S. Bank Stadium. Former Vikings Ben Lieber and Greg Coleman will be on the sidelines. Kickoff at noon central time. Have a good rest of the week, everybody. Our thanks to Afadi Odenabo for joining as a guest on episode 12 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. And my thanks to Chris Corso and Jay Nelson for all their work behind the scenes. Thank you for listening. Have a good rest of the week. Skull Vikings. Vikings.